God has made you to face opposition because He's already gone before you to deal with the opposition. And in this life is our precious opportunity to experience the thrill of victory with God. Hallelujah. For those that have found it a bit of a struggle sometimes to have prayer time with God. And you know, if, if we're honest, that's probably experience of everybody at some point where it feels like oh, just yeah, it's, it's too hard to get into. But you know, your prayer life with the Lord will be the thing that the enemy opposes the most in your life because you communing with God, fellowshipping with God is the most powerful thing that you can do on the planet. Those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall man up on wings like eagles. They'll run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. So don't be surprised or feel condemned when you feel like, ah, oh, it's a bit difficult. Um, but the Lord has given us tools. He has given us everything we need to help us in every situation. Amen? And I don't want people thinking that you have to be some sort of prayer warrior to have a, a decent looking prayer life. But God wants every believer to walk in the joy of communion and prayer and fellowship with God. So I want to just keep going on that a little bit. When the disciples asked Jesus, how do you pray? How do you do this? You go away and you spend time with God and you come back shining. What do you say? What do you, how do you do that? And he told them, well, when you pray, pray like this. And he gave them this magnificent pattern that we call the Lord's Prayer. Who learnt the Lord's Prayer when they were children? Hallelujah. Some of you may not even know the Lord's Prayer if you didn't grow up in a Christian household, but it is a powerful, powerful tool. They've had a debate over it this week in Parliament whether or not uh, they should keep the Lord's Prayer in the Senate. But the Lord's Prayer in itself is a pattern, a springboard for us to be able to have a really rich and helpful prayer life with the Lord. And so just quickly recapping that, as we begin to pray, you can pray like this. Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. And we know that hallowed be your name is not just hello God, it's hallowed be your name, meaning the name of God is his reputation. So Lord, hallowed be your name. Lord, let your reputation be exalted. And you can use it as a springboard. Let your reputation be exalted in my thinking, in my speech. Let your, the good news of who you are, your reputation, be exalted in the lives of my family and friends that I'm praying for. Let your name be the truth of who you are. Lord, cut through the lies of what people have believed about you. Lord, where there they've believed lies or where you've been misrepresented. Let the truth of your goodness come through. My ministry is all about lifting up the truth of God, letting people know the truth of his goodness and his kindness and his love. Because so many people have believed so many lies about God. And you can use this prayer just to springboard you uh, to begin to pray like that. 
hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And we know that the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. We can pray the will of God, knowing the will of God is revealed through the word of God. We know things like he says, it's his will that we prosper and be in health even as our souls prosper. So at that point in the prayer, we can begin to pray, your will be done in my life. Lord, I thank you that you're prospering me, body, soul, and spirit. Thank you, Lord. As you pray for, you might be praying for someone for healing. You know the will of God revealed in the word of God. Your will be done and declare what the will of God is. And where you don't know what the will of God is, you can pray at that point in the spirit. You can pray pray in tongues, praying with your mind and then praying out loud in the Spirit, knowing that the Holy Spirit will intercede through you according to the perfect will of God. And you can use it to springboard into prayer and intercession for situations and people. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Lord, let the atmosphere that is around me be the atmosphere of heaven. When people get to, to talk to me, Lord, or when I'm interacting with people, let them feel the atmosphere of heaven where there's no condemnation, no judgment, where there's perfect love. Release it on earth. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And we can pray. There's so many ways you can pray as a springboard off that. Give us this day our daily bread. And you can begin to pray all sorts of things. I begin to pray, Lord, give me that daily bread today, that spiritual bread of heaven today. What's the word of God for me today? What are you reminding me about? What's the scripture that you're bringing up in my heart? As I open up the Bible today, Lord, give me something that's relevant for today. What's my daily bread today? I know every day it's there for me, so I'm coming out to get it, Lord. Give it to me today. Give me uh, all that I need. And I begin to ask, just like the Bible tells us to ask about everything. We have not because we ask not. And so I go through the list. I ask all the things and thank him for his goodness. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our sins, trespasses, if you're in the old King James, and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And I use it as an opportunity just to have a quick heart checkup. I know he forgave us before we ever even committed the sin. It was finished when he paid the price. But I want to grow and I want my conscience to get brighter and cleaner all the time in that if I do something that's grieved God, I want to acknowledge it to him so that I can see it. He knows I did it, but I want to put it in front of me to go, I shouldn't have spoken to that person that way. Probably my area that I get in trouble the most with, most with is with the mouth. Oh, God, I shouldn't have said that. Oh, I shouldn't have said that. Sorry about that. That was not very nice. Oh, ow, oh I shouldn't have said that. Or, And I, I bring it to him and I acknowledge it before him, not because, you know, I'm trying to earn his forgiveness, but so that my conscience gets sharper and that I grow in recognizing right from wrong. Hallelujah. It's a good thing. Give, uh, forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. If anybody might have sinned against you, anybody that you might have to forgive, you have that opportunity just to go, yes, Lord, I release forgiveness to them. And lead us not into temptation. Well, Lord, 
Next time I'm in that situation, help me. I thank you that you make a way of escape out of every temptation. Lord, I'm inviting you. Bring to my remembrance the words of God that I can use next time I'm faced with that situation. Lead me not into temptation. Help me. You're my ever-present help in time of need. Show me the way of escape that you make for me every time I'm faced with, with that feeling or when I'm faced with whatever temptation it might be, even if it's to get into to fear or stress. Show me the key, the way of escape that you make for me so that I can not, not go down that path again and deliver us from evil you know in this world we do have trouble the Bible does tell us that I was having a complaint to God the other night well actually I was having a pra- a complaint to Tom as we went as he went to bed and I was like oh, how come why didn't God just you know when Jesus rose from the dead why didn't he just press the stop button then? And like, it could have all been over then. We wouldn't have had any more opposition, you know. Oh, yes, I've, I thought so too. I thought, yeah, why, why didn't we just like stop it all then? Why do we have to go through opposition? And as I was voicing my complaint, the Lord began to, to speak to me. And I thought about my son, Joseph. He's a good-looking redhead over there somewhere. Where are you, Joseph? Give me a wave. There we are. Yeah, hiding. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. My son, he, he likes to play basketball. He really likes to play basketball. He plays it three nights a week. And um, he's, a, he's he, he, a little bit competitive. And... But the thing is, as he goes to play basketball, he doesn't just go to shoot some hoops. Every night of the week where he goes out to play, he deliberately sets it up that his team will be playing against an opposing team. And the opposing team will come and they'll be blocking him and trying to stop him being able to do it. And I began to think about this and think, well... Yes, we we deliberately engage with opposition for a reason. And it's because it's really nice when we win. And the victory just isn't as sweet when there's no opposition. There's something about us that we're wired to overcome, hallelujah. There's something in us that when difficulty comes, when things come, yes, they will come, but we are wired to overcome. And the Bible tells us in Revelation, you can read it several times, but um, Revelation 2.26, he who overcomes and keeps my work unto the end, I'll give him power over the nations. Revelation 3.5, he who overcomes shall be clothed in white garments and I'll not blot out his name from the book of life, but I will confess his name before my father and before his angels. To him who overcomes, there's this glorious opportunity to overcome. Hallelujah. 1 John chapter 5 verse 4 says, for whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that's overcome the world our faith hallelujah so even if it if you're 
in a battle and your things aren't going the way that you were hoping, you have already got the assurance that as a believer in Christ, he's already won it for you and you are getting to engage. You exercising your faith is already victory. Hallelujah. And he will give you the crown of life. Praise the Lord. 1 Timothy 1, uh, 6 verse 12 uh, tells us that, oops, hang on, I've got the wrong scripture there. That's all right. We'll go back there. I'll read it in the paper Bible. Hallelujah. 1 Timothy, you want to turn there with me? Praise the Lord. Here we go. Thank you, Jesus. I'm coming, I'm coming. Praise the Lord. Timothy's disappearing. 1 Timothy 6.12. Who learned the books of the Bible when they were children? How many are there? 66. 66 books in God's own word. Praise the Lord. 1 Timothy 6.12. Fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called and you were made the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. This good fight, he calls it a good fight. Deliver us from evil. The evil that's coming against us, we can call on him knowing that we are not called to do anything in our own strength, but that we've been given power to overcome in every situation. That no matter what comes, God has already equipped you and anointed you to fight the good fight of faith. Hallelujah. I've watched people playing computer games from time to time. I'm not really a computer game type person myself, but they go from level to level and they've got to overcome all these things to get to the next level and then they overcome some more things to get to the next level and they do it on purpose. <laughs> and it's like it's not a good game unless there's good things to overcome. Why? Because we've been wired to overcome. And God, he's, he's already told us the score. You win. Hallelujah. Because he's already won for you. But so when you're facing opposition and you're feeling like, oh, I don't understand. Why do I always, it's always so hard. Why? It's, it's this glorious fight. You see, we've been given this life, which the Bible says is like a breath. And there's all of eternity that you're going to live unopposed. And for this one little moment, maybe 70 years, maybe 120, it's like a blip, a breath compared to eternity of living unopposed. And in this little sliver of opportunity, we get to fight the good fight. We get to overcome. We get to have faith when we can't see the whole picture. And we get to, it's like this glorious 
romance with God where we get to choose him. We get to have faith in him, exercise faith in what we can't see and fight the good fight of faith so that in eternity we can look and say, that was awesome. Look what you did, God. Hallelujah. Revelation 3, 5, he who overcomes shall be clothed in white garments and I will not blot out his name from the book of life, but I will confess his name before my father and before his angels. This idea of overcoming with God, it's not just a, a um, something oh, I'm going to get tired of doing. God says, I am our, your ever present help in time of need. And my time of need is all the time. Yes, that's right, Harry. He knows me well. That's not scripture. That's Catherine. Hallelujah. He is my ever-present help in time of need. And the truth is, if you humble yourself and recognize that you need him, then he will show you the way of escape. He'll help you navigate around every obstacle, every surprise attack that might come your way everything that pops up, God is already prepared and he's already put everything you need in the arsenal. And he's just saying, hey, I have anointed you. I have called you to be an overcomer in every situation. And as you learn how to pray, as you learn how to talk to the Lord, as you learn this pattern of prayer and you deliberately, intentionally spend time talking with him, going through this pattern, the Lord wants to help you recognize that you are equipped for every situation and that you've been anointed to overcome in every situation that faces you. The harder the battle, the more of God there is to help you in that you have everything you need pertaining to life and godliness, the scripture tells us. So never buy the lie from the enemy that says, oh, I just can't take anymore. It's all too hard. I don't understand. You can voice your complaint to God, but never give up. Because the Bible has invited you and anointed you. The Lord himself has anointed you to fight the good fight of faith. We fight as one that, that is going for the prize. We run according to the, the grace and the power of God as one who's going to get a prize. Competition in your heart is a, is a good thing when it comes to the kingdom. Hallelujah. When you face opposition, the enemy is, and he comes against you, instead of getting discouraged and depressed and frustrated and overwhelmed and calling your friends and say, oh, woe is me and outdoing each other with your tales of woe, yes, hoping that's gonna make you feel better. Well, oh, you, oh, that's terrible. Well, you'll never believe what's happening to me. And well, I, I, can, I, I, can, I can do better on that story. Oh, terrible. And we sort of think, deceive ourselves into believing this is gonna make me feel better. You know, if people can, I need people to feel sorry for me. But when we buy into that lie, instead of moving forward and going up a level, 
Instead of moving forward and, and reaching new levels of faith and glory and triumph and testimony, we end up getting stuck in a place of misery and discouragement. When the melancholy starts to take over and you go, oh, woe is me. You can find your very complaint in the book of Psalms. You can begin to recognize, yes, I see the psalmist saying similar things. Why do the wicked prosper in their way? Oh, there's so many things that are happening. But as, they, as you read the psalms, you'll discover that even though they're facing these things, they keep speaking, they keep looking until they find the place of hope rising in their hearts. Hallelujah. David said in Psalm 27, it was quoted tonight, that I would have lost heart had I not believed. I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Don't stop halfway through the verse. I would have lost heart. Ooh. Had I not believed, unless I had believed, I would see the goodness of the Lord in the living, land of the living. God has made you to face opposition because he's already gone before you to deal with the opposition. And in this life is our precious opportunity to experience the thrill of victory with God. Hallelujah. Tom quite liking, likes watching the State of Origin. I quite enjoyed the last game. Hallelujah. And I think it wouldn't have been as good had New South Wales not shown up. <laughs> Sorry for my New South Wales friends. But you know, we have to embrace the joy of knowing that there is no temptation that will come against you. There is no opposition that will come against you that God hasn't already equipped you to face. There is nothing the enemy can throw at you that God hasn't already made a way of escape for you or given you weapons of warfare that will cause you to triumph. For the Lord says, I will always lead you in triumph. I always cause you to triumph. And what is this triumph? This triumph is our faith. Hallelujah. Exercising faith when we can't see. Exercising faith when we don't understand. When we're sitting there and feeling the, uh, the, the sorries come. Oh, I'm sorry for myself. Oh, it's terrible. It's, everything's so hard. I've had people tell me, oh, I don't want to do anything for God because I don't want to get attacked. The thing with that is, if you do nothing for God, you'll still get attacked. <laughs> if you, even if you aren't a believer, you'll still get attacked because you were made in the image of God. And the enemy's plan is to steal, to kill and destroy. His plan is to wipe you out. He wants to destroy you and he wants you to perish. But the Lord says, I come to give life and life more abundant. So if you think, well, I'm just not going to do anything and then the devil will leave me alone. That's just not true. The Israelites were given the promise of the promised land. 
Why didn't God just clear it out for them so they could walk in? Instead, they had to win battles, they had to deal with wild animals, and they had to, to fight battles because God wanted them to know and understand what it looks like to lean on Him and to overcome with Him. Hallelujah. And what they didn't deal with, the enemies that they didn't drive out, they didn't just leave them alone and everybody lived happily ever after. Those enemies that weren't dealt with, that weren't confronted, that weren't overcome, continued to attack them throughout history, continued to attack them. God doesn't want you living with things in your life, evil in your life that just sits there. And if you think, well, I'll, if I just don't deal with it, if I don't pray, if I don't, you know, maybe if I just ignore it, it'll go away. No, they'll go and get their friends. As the enemy starts to encircle you, he's waiting to see whether you will wake up and realize that you've been anointed to overcome. He's waiting for you to pick up the sword of the Spirit and say, this is the Word of God. Deliver me from evil, God. You deliver me from all my enemies. You are my deliverer. You surround me with songs of deliverance. I look to the Lord and He delivers me from all my fears. God is for me. Who can be against me? Though an army encamp against me, in this I will be confident. The Lord is my light and my salvation. And as you begin to speak the Word, the enemy starts to scatter. The Lord arises and the enemies scatter, but Christ in you is waiting for you to open up the gates, to take off the basket of fear and unbelief and, and intimidation and let the light come. The enemy is no match for the light of God in you. The, the Bible tells us that we don't fight the air. The Lord himself has anointed and called us into the good fight of faith. And you might feel like, I don't feel like it's doing anything. But the Lord says, I want you to lean into me and not do anything in your own strength. But remember that I am the Lord that will never leave you or forsake you. I am the Lord, your keeper. I am the one who is your ever-present help in time of need. And as you experience opposition and you think, I'm trying to fight, I'm trying to fight. Maybe it's a time for you to lean back in and go, okay, God, help me now. You are my helper. I thank you that I've been clothed with power from on high. Sometimes we're out there wildly flaring a sword around and, and trying to pray and trying to fight. And, and then we come back into church and we say, oh, it's terrible. I just can't have done everything. Nothing seems to be working. That is a, a key indicator that it's time for you to take a step back into him and go, right, God, I've been having a go, but I think we'll do it together. Hallelujah. I want to finish today's program by telling you this powerful testimony. This young man lost hearing in one of his ears when he was six years old and thought he'd never hear again in that ear. But God had another plan. What's your name? James. Okay, James, what was going on with your ear? In my ear uh, since year one, uh, I had a skin growth in it, removed 30% of my hearing, and I haven't really been able to hear out of that ear ever since. I want you to cover your good ear. I'm going to whisper really quietly in this ear that was deaf. 
I want you to tell me what I say, okay? Jesus. Jesus. Hallelujah. Nothing is impossible. God did a miracle in his life, and he can do a miracle in your life too. I love connecting with our monthly partners through our monthly mentoring Zooms. It's so beautiful to be able to pray together and have question and answer time. And we so value our monthly partners. We have different sessions for people in different time zones around the world. And it is so beautiful to connect with those who are partnering with us to take this message to the world. If you'd like to join us as one of our monthly partners, you can do that through the website. I'd love to be able to connect with you on one of our monthly Zooms.